the most poisonous... THE MOST POISONOUS! Make that THE MOST POISONOUS FISH IN THE SEA! That's right, lady. You're looking at the face of certain Doom! Nice to meet you, Mr. Doom. That is one powerful voice you have. Aren't you gonna move it? Uh, aren't you listening? <laughs> Each one of my poisonous spikes means a terrible, horrible end! Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud! Nip it! In the bud, you got to nip it in the bud. Me and my arrow, straight of the narrow. Wherever we go, everyone knows it's me and my arrow. Me and my arrow. Me and my arrow. Yes, that could be a car. Or, you know, remember that famous arrow car, or it could be a dog. But what in the world, Robbie? What does an arrow have to do with Barbie the mermaid and Spike the stonefish? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you will get to see that in a few seconds here this week. As I started to consider that during the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, perhaps the Jews that were yelling, Hosanna! Got it more right than I had previously thought. You see, they were yelling, Hosanna, save us, in hopes that Jesus would overthrow the Roman bondage that they were enduring. And previously I thought, no, Jesus came to save them from the bondage of sin. So maybe they got it wrong. But now I'm thinking, wow, maybe, I don't know. Yes, he certainly did come to save them from their sins. But follow along with Zechariah in his prophecy and I think you might agree with me that Jesus also did, in fact, overthrow the Roman bondage. In fact, the people that were enduring that at the time could see it in a way that we can't really now. And he, the way he did it, I believe, offers us some amazing ways to freedom ourselves. So follow along. Jesus in 9.9 says, in Zechariah 9.9, it says, Jesus comes in on the famous donkey, you might remember. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, a righteous one, bringing salvation. He is lowly, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, a friend of mine is sort of a horse whisperer, and we were discussing this passage this week, and his insight is really helpful for to me. He said, you know, Robbie, you can't ride, ride the colt of a donkey. It would be like trying to ride a six-month-old Labrador Retriever. You know, our, a baby Labrador Retriever is just all over the place, just totally uncontrollable. See, one of the miracles of the triumphal entry was Jesus' total control or the mastery of this cult. And he did it in front of all the big city folk. <laughs> Can you imagine this baby donkey, right? And all these people are yelling and screaming and all that stuff laying down on the rode the clothes and all that was going on, I mean, this baby donkey had to be ready to head for the hills if he'd had any other rider. You see, this scene is like all the animals coming to Noah 
you know, when he was building the ark, right? Jesus was in control of this animal in a supernatural way, natural way. Or have you ever considered Lawrence Anthony? They called him the elephant whisperers back in the 90s. He took care of this uh, dangerous elephant herd he became famous for. Well, I don't know if you ever heard this, but elephants, they really mourn the death of one of their own. And upon Anthony's death, when he died, this man that was the elephant whisperer, elephants came from miles and miles around and stood vigil for two days over his body. You know, think about that. That when when the kingdom comes, right, as it says in Revelation, all things are going to be made new. And think of what animals are going to be like when the curse is gone. And you get a picture of how Jesus was already a kingdom guy, and he was in control of this animal in a very supernatural way. And don't miss that. You may think he was hunted. Jesus was hunted. And it's true that Jesus was hunted since the day he was born. He had no rock to lay his head on. He had no hole to hide in. Yes, he was hunted. But he, Jesus, was the hunter. He was hunting all of us. I'll say that again. He was hunting the Romans. He was hunting the Greeks and the Jews. And he was hunting you and me. Now, come on down to Zechariah 9.13. Just three past, just three verses down from Zechariah 9.9. And it says, I will bend Judah as my bow, and I will fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and I will yield you like a warrior sword. Well, that passage grabbed my attention this week when I understood one little aspect of it that really jumped out at me. When they say, O Greece, that word, O Greece, if you look at it in Hebrew, is Yavan, or the son of Japheth, the grandson of Noah, <clears throat> they're, they're making reference to a guy who was the son of Japheth, the, the grandson of Noah, who according to the table of nations, Yavon settled in Ionia. Now, all that may not make that much sense to you until you put one little aspect into detail here that I'm going to share with you. The capital of Ionia in Jesus's time was Ephesus. Do you hear me? Japhon was Ionia. Ionia's capital was Ephesus. Yes, Ephesus, where Paul started the church that later John came. I mean, if you're familiar with Ephesus, John the apostle, after Paul started the church there, he came and settled with Jesus's mother. Mary came there and they lived up on the mountain above. If you ever go visit Ephesus, and my wife had a, and I had a chance to do that years ago, you, you'll see this church where Mary and John hung out. I mean, this is where that arrow of Ephraim went up against O Greece. And later in the book of Revelation, who was the first church that John wrote to, right? The arrows of Ephraim, Paul, John, and many others, yes, they changed the world. And yes, Rome was overthrown by Christianity as a result. You can't miss that fact, that much of the church's original expansion came from these arrows and these places. So what those arrows as I was just, I just had to ponder it and ponder it. What was it unique about these people that they made such an impact on the world? And of course, the gospel immediately comes to mind. They had the gospel, but inside the gospel is grace and truth. Grace and truth. Favor 
tremendous favor at the same time speaking truth. Now, getting back to the Barbie clip that we heard a minute ago at the very beginning of the show, I'm going to pick that up, okay? We heard this was a, a movie that was Barbie as a mermaid, and she's going to encounter Spike the Stonefish. And if you listen carefully to Barbie, she has grace and truth. You see, she think you know, most people would say the stonefish is trying to kill her, but instead of <laughs> worrying about that, she shares the truth in love with Spike. And then you can't help but hear, as he says, what have you done to me? What you can't see in this scene when you hear it again, which we're going to do in a minute, is she covers all his spikes with pearls. And now he's free from isolation that he had suffered with. So listen to the scene again. Listen to when the pearls come on spikes, spikes. <laughs> and think about how she confronts this stonefish with grace and truth. Go ahead and play it, Jasper. Move away from the rock. Why? <laughs> Mr. Doom, that is one powerful voice you have. Aren't you gonna move it? I vote with him. Aren't you listening? <laughs> Each one of my poisonous spikes means a terrible, horrible end! We will pick this up when we come back. We'll hear more from Barbie, more from Spike, and we hope to hear from you in your story of grace and truth. Move away from the rock. Why? That's why. A stonefish, one of the most poisonous. The most poisonous. Mr. Doom, that is one powerful voice you have. Aren't you gonna move it? I vote with him. Aren't you listening? Each one of my poisonous spikes means a terrible, horrible end! Him. 
I just despiked your spikes. Now no one needs to be scared of you. Oh, great. Just great. Now what am I supposed to do? Just be nicer. Stop trying to frighten everyone. Get to know your fellow fish. Easy for you to say. But everyone runs from me. Once no one's afraid of you, I bet you'll have loads of friends. I don't know. It all seems wrong for a stonefish. And I'm not so good at friendliness. We're heading to the city. There's lots of fish there, Mr. Doom. You could practice being friendly on them. The name's Spike. Uh, you don't mind me coming along? I'd be honored. Grace and truth today on the Christian Car Guy. And yes, we're going to get from Barbie and the Stonefish to cars in a minute. <laughs> but I don't want to miss this lesson. And I, I, I am more than blown away. Um, actually, I watched that with my granddaughter a few years ago and realized what I was seeing was this unbelievable picture of grace and truth. You see, all stories, in a way, steal from the gospel. And, and all the stories kind of steal from God's story. And that's a big part of what's going on here. If you knew the backstory on Barbie the mermaid, she doesn't realize that she's actually a princess. Just as, you know, John, before he met Jesus, didn't know he was a prince, and neither did Paul, and, and maybe neither do you. And, and they are made in God's image, and they have this grace and truth inside them when, they, when we choose to use it. And what Barbie does there. As you see, here's this guy. There's nothing lovable about him, this stonefish. But she's loving the unlovely. She is giving him favor. That's grace. But listen to the truth she shares with him. There's a reason you're isolated, Mr. Stonefish. <laughs> now, what in your own life, who showed you, right, that kind of admonishment and encouragement at the same time you see she treated him with complete favor but she also gave him the complete truth who had the courage to shoot, share with you when you were sabotaging yourself we all have that in our lives and i would love to know your story i have one myself i'll share it a little bit well, plus we have christian car guy theater coming up the next episode, um, episode 35 of Christian Car Guy Theater is coming up in the last segment of the show. But in the meantime, I would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. That time where somebody showed you grace and truth, where you were the stonefish. <laughs> and, you know, somebody admonished you and gave you a picture of how you could, you know, be friendlier to your fellow fish. 866-348-7884. Now, again, we should point out that we, all this stuff's at christiancarguy.com, as well as, you know, all the episodes of Christian Car Guy Theater, Jesus Labor Love, Car Repair Labor for Single Moms, Widows, and Families in Crisis. It's all there at christiancarguy.com. Um, we got a new car show calendar coming out, so there's car shows coming out all through April. In fact, we're going to be in Atlanta later this month, so that's exciting. But... On this idea of struggling with grace and truth, admonishing, love, and encouragement, <laughs> how about road rage? Let's just jump on out there, right? That you may not believe this, but here I am, the Christian car guy, and if you had been in the car with me this week, 
you'd have went, Robbie, what in the world? Well, I I was actually, it's, it's my practice usually to pray in the morning. I really enjoy praying in the morning when I'm driving to work. And I am going to pull out into traffic, and I look, and there's a car coming. But it's, you know, it's probably eight, 900 yards. I mean, nowhere close, in my opinion, of that I was pulling out in front of this man. But I pulled out, and this guy lays on the horn for the better part of 30 seconds before he gets to me. And I was in a great mood. I was praying everything looked good. <laughs> all of a sudden, this guy's bearing down on me. Of course, he doesn't slow down at all. So he's, I look in my rearview mirror, and here comes this guy, full blast, just laying on his horn, just, oh, man. And I don't know what is in me, but it was not grace. <laughs> and almost immediately, you know what I did? I, I still don't believe I did it, but it just did. I just tapped the brakes a little bit so I he would have to come up on me slower. I mean, I could see that, or I felt like it wasn't a dangerous situation, but I mean, really, I was antagonizing him on purpose. You know, see, there was a little truth. Your behavior is inappropriate, but I wasn't doing that in grace. I was doing it because I wanted to teach him the same lesson that he wanted to teach me. And then, And so often, you know, I've had experts on road rage come on my show, and they always say, you know, the, the motivation behind road rage is often that you want to teach that other person how to drive. <laughs> and, and doing that with grace in, in a road rage situation is, is, is quite difficult. But you know who, interestingly, would, I would tell you, you know, gives me a lot of truth in grace is my family. My wife, my kids, you know, when they're in the car with me and they see me do start to do something like that, they remind me very quickly that I'm the Christian car guy. <laughs> That's hard. It's a hard thing to be. I'm just saying, you know, when you're out there and your kids are like, what? No. <laughs> so grace and truth. It's a struggle. I don't think we can do this stuff without Jesus. But those are the arrows that have been shot out. We would love to hear your story when we come back. 866 866- 348-7884-866-34 Truth. More grace and truth coming up. Christian Car Guy show today, the day before Easter, always one of my favorite shows. <laughs> I get to do it once a year as we consider what's going to happen tomorrow morning. It's it's more than a beautiful picture, but I was thinking today about my own struggles with grace and truth. As we talked about in the Zechariah prophecy, how God sent out these arrows and they brought the gospel with them. And with that, this example of grace and truth. And I, I don't know if you're like me, but I just struggle. I'm either on too far on the side of truth or I'm too far on the side of grace. So I, I mentioned road rage, <laughs> which 
at times my family would tell you that Robbie struggles with that. And I, I have a tendency to want to give too much truth <laughs> on that particular side of the equation. But you also know that here at a Christian Car Guy show, we have the Jesus Labor Love, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And here, it's a struggle for me. I mean, I, I, I enjoy sharing grace, but here it's a little bit of a struggle for me in sharing truth. Because you got many times a situation, here's a person that their car is blown up because they made some choices that I wish they hadn't made as far as either maintenance or lack of maintenance or not pulling over when they saw that car was overheating or many other things. And so it's an interesting struggle to try to figure out how you can show grace in truth and show the truth in love, you know, so that the situation doesn't repeat itself. And, you know, the, the point you come to time and again is there's just no way to do this without God. I mean, you almost have to constantly be in prayer to go, God, how do I make sure that this person knows not to do this the next time? How do I, how do I make this situation better? How do I bring you into this situation? Because ultimately, just like he overcame the Romans and he overcame the Greeks, he, he, he's overcoming us, and what he wants to bring is freedom. So learning how to admonish gracefully is really an interesting gift and something worth practicing. Another, well, while I'm on the Jesus Labor Love, I do need to bring up that we had a great week in the Jesus Labor Love. We had all sorts of opportunities where your phenomenal generosity, um, you know, people who donated money to the, our ministry. There were ladies that got tires. There were ladies that got brakes. There was a lady whose car was towed uh, where she was in tears. And so, you know, I, I am blown away every week on how God does, takes what you guys listening are doing and donating and praying. Oh, thank you for the prayers. You can often see, you know, I post the prayer needs as they, as they come in at the Jesus Labor Love at, at ChristianCarGuy.com and the people praying there, that's clearly, you know, God's doing a, ma a magical work there. But interestingly, it also gets attacked sometimes. <laughs> we got Satan's attention somehow because somehow or another this week I got a call from the fraud department. You know, we, we have a, a credit card that we use to pay this stuff after people donate the money. We, you know, we're paying it at the different repair, repair places all over the country. <clears throat> And I got a call from the fraud department and they wanted to know about my iTunes account. And I was like, my <laughs> iTunes account. <laughs> and Bob Young said, you know, I don't think Jesus listens to iTunes. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't have an iTunes account. And they said, yeah, and you have these two charges from, from Germany. And so fortunately, I'm, I'm happy to report that the bank did a great job of making sure we didn't get charged for any of that stuff. But it's amazing how, you know, you could be out there doing something like that and Satan comes in and he attacks it. But fortunately, the, the people with the bank and all took care of that so that we didn't suffer any loss. But, uh, you know, at the meantime, it's a little inconvenient because I had to cancel that card. I'm waiting on another card. It makes it a bit challenging when people are calling in with needs. But nonetheless, I appreciate your prayers along those lines. And it just goes to show you how we got to be praying that keep those attacks from coming in. Uh, <laughs> one of the things Bob Young cracked me up when he said, Abby, I don't think Jesus listens to iTunes. <laughs> so another place that 
you may find an opportunity for grace and truth is the next time you go purchase a car, right? Now, there's a situation where here's a guy, and I, I assure you every car salesman out there does not wake up in the morning trying to figure out how to hurt people. They're trying to either figure out how to pay for their own bills or they're trying to figure out how to help people, but they don't necessarily go about it in all the right ways. But you know that deep inside of every single person, just like it says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Just like that driver that was on his horn behind me, I know that I know that he was under some kind of attack, that really he's in the image of God. I just got to somehow or another get that in my mind. But same thing with that car salesman. And what a cool thing to be able to pray and walk into that situation with grace and truth. And if he does begin to tell a story, and you know that he's telling a story, how do you go about telling him that, wow, you know, and I, I'll never, ever forget one of my favorite admonishments I ever received was from a lady by the name of Miss Beck, and she was at the time probably about 98 years old, and I do a devotion at a retirement home in Moxville, um, and this particular devotion, I had used the word golly which was a euphemism for God. And from her standpoint, you know, that was just, it really was like running fingers on a chalkboard for her. And so she didn't say anything during the devotion, but after the devotion, she asked me and she took me out in the hall and she said, Robbie, you are one of the most anointed. I love to hear you. And you are so wonderful. And you don't have to use words like golly. You know, she, she, admonished me with so much favor. I mean, she was like Barbie in the stone. <laughs> it was just absolutely beautiful. I walked out of there realizing that I could do this better without using words like that. I was, you know, just showing grace and truth. How do you put those together in a package? Now, another place that I'm sure you struggle, I struggle. I struggle because I make a bunch of these calls every single day. I, you know, with the Jesus Labor Love, I talk to a lot of car repair places all over the country. And, you know, they all are in the same place as the car salesmen. They're trying to figure out how to feed their families. And they've been taught all these techniques on how to sell tires, <laughs> how to sell alignments, how to sell this and how to sell that. You know, like McDonald's sells high profit French fries and drinks. You know, whatever the situation is, they, they've got it figured out. And so, how do we approach that person in truth with love and say, you know, if you think about how you could really help this person rather than sell them something that they may or may not need, you know, you are going to end up advancing the kingdom. I mean, you're really, here we are with a single mom, widow, family in crisis. How can we go about doing that? And still you make a living and we help them. You know, that's grace and truth. How do you get there? But I don't want to fail to mention, <laughs> as you might have guessed I was headed here, that one of the interesting challenges we face as believers is we know the same thing Paul knew and the same thing John knew, the thing that would really change that person's life that you work with every single day of your life. Or maybe it's a friend or a neighbor, somebody you see all the time, is the admonishment that they need to know is what is Jesus, why did he come? Do you believe in Easter? Do you understand Easter? Do you understand why Jesus had to die on the cross? Do you have the boldness, the grace, and the truth to share what may be the most important thing anybody ever hears? 
you've heard me tell the story of Johnny Hendricks, how I worked with this guy for eight years and never shared the gospel with him until he was in a coma. I was in a horrible position and I just started to pray and pray, God, you got to help me here. <laughs> I messed up again. And will you give me some more time with Johnny? And he came out of the coma and I walked up to him. He was sitting there wide awake in the bed and I said, Johnny, I made a deal with God. And he's like, Robbie, what kind of deal did you make with God? I said, well, I made a deal that if he would give you more time, that I would at least help you to get to know him better, if not introduce you to him. And even though he'd been completely rejected of ever me talking to God with him before for all these years that I'd known him, at that moment, God had given me a way to connect with a fellow car salesman. See, because to a car salesman, a deal is a deal. So when God shared with me, Robbie, if you tell Johnny that you made a deal with me, <laughs> he'll let you honor the deal. I'll explain why. You see, if, if you were a car salesman, you have no idea how many people will tell you they're going to buy a car and they don't. And so to a car salesman, a deal is critically important. The point is, trying to share the truth in love has to do with asking God, how do I do this? And it's amazing how he'll give it to you in such a beautiful package. And if we share that this Easter, we will be sharing grace and truth. Christian Car Guy Theater coming up next. Stay tuned. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. With today's episode, Jailhouse Justice, Part 12. Last time on Jailhouse Justice, Part 11, we witnessed the miraculous salvation of the evil Noir, as well as his miracle rescue from hell. Noir was known to everyone as Eldon, but it turns out that his original name is Lazarus. And the name Lazarus is most appropriate because Noir was not only prayed back from hell by the very people he betrayed, but it was also due to the 40-year-old prayers of his Annie Pearl, which shows that prayer does not have a time limit or an expiration date. However, Lazarus is still in a tight spot at the scene of the accident as paramedics attend him to try to keep him alive. Just then, the cable on Warren Winch breaks. Ow! Quit! Twisting, twisting the cable, twisting. That knot will hold at the snatch block. The Jeeps under the hood team cheer Warren Winch on as the Jeep dangles precariously over the cliff. Tammy Tensioner yells her encouragement. Oh, Warren, hold on. Twist into that tension, Warren Winch. <laughs> Strength. Lash yourself to the Lord, mi amigo Warren. You were made for this. Oh, ho, ho. that twisted mess held at the block. Great work, Senor Warren. Oh, may we, Warren. Magnifique. Yeah, <laughs> that was really slick work. You know what I'm saying? And what say you, Gracie Gastain? That was some slick twist in Warren Winch. Jimmy, I've seen some winch tricks in my day, but boy, oh boy, that triple line rig of yours held that twisted cable in the snatch block. Talk about a twist of fate. That saved us. Quick, get the wrecker over here and we'll get hooked up to that as well. Haha, <laughs> Sheriff. Sometimes these car parts seem to have a mind of their own. Way to go, Winch. What a plot twist. Well, you heard the Sheriff, Jimmy. Now, now, now get that wrecker here pronto. 
we got lives to save. Hey, hey, you, uh, hey, paramedic boys, hey, you all okay? Yes. Could you guys help us get this man to the ambulance? Right. Come on, Eustace. Noir, can you hear me? Uh, yes, Sheriff. I can hear you. But my name is Lazarus. Yeah, I would say you had a Lazarus miracle, all right. Raised from the dead. It was touch and go for you, Noir. No. We were all praying for you. No, you, you don't understand. It's my real name, Sheriff. Lazarus. You prayed me out of hell. I felt your prayers, Sheriff. I felt them. I felt my old Auntie Pearl's prayers, too. I'm not the man. I'm not the man I was. Jesus saved me, Sheriff. He saved me. Right. Wow. As Lazarus is on his way to the hospital, the wrecker finally pulls the Jeep up onto solid ground, which is another miracle the Jeep is in pretty good condition for nearly going over a cliff. The sheriff shared about Noir's alias, Lazarus, and his praying posse, Nahum, Nettie, Mayor Elvira Merriweather, Pastor Jack, Bob, and Jimmy. He actually said we prayed him out of hell? That's right, Nahum. Us and his old Auntie Pearl, who apparently prayed for him. She prayed for him 40 years ago? And his real name is Lazarus. <laughs> well, if that don't beat all, praise the Lord. All right, Sheriff. The Jeep's all secure and, and set to go. We better get going back to town. Sheriff. Will you and Eustace be at the meeting tonight? Wouldn't miss it, Mayor Merriweather. Me too, Mayor. Oh, there's going to be a whole lot to share tonight. See you then. Come on, Eustace. We'll check on Noir, or Lazarus, in the hospital, and then we'll go to the jail. At the hospital, the sheriff and Eustace find that Lazarus is beginning to recover, and they station a guard outside his door. The sheriff and Eustace go over to the jail just before the town hall meeting that night to share about the miracle of Noir with the unrepentant, cantankerous, Bad Brad, who worked for Noir. You gotta be kidding me. No, I'm not. I actually think Noir, or should I say Lazarus, is a changed man, Brad. Sheriff, you don't know my boss. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that Noir has changed Lazarus, my left foot. Nothing's impossible with God, Brad. Well, I don't know about snowballs, but he can rescue oddballs. I'm just saying. Ah, oh, save your breath. Go preach to someone else. That night at the town hall meeting, there was the usual town business, but then great excitement as the town folk got an earful about the capture of Noir, who was now Lazarus. Mayor Elvira saved a special announcement to the very last. So, it has been quite a day, but I want to finally let y'all know the results of your votes and what is now the official name of our little town. And the name, which was practically unanimous, is River Rock. Oh, yes! I love that name, River Rock. And now, Pastor Jack is going to close our meeting. Thank you all so much for coming tonight. And don't forget the elections will be here before you know it. And I just love being your mayor. Yes, I do. This has truly been a miracle day. But I love the new name we've picked for our town, River Rock. So very symbolic of our beautiful town. So many verses in the Bible about those two words. There is a river whose streams make glad and so on. And of course, Jesus is the rock of ages. 
but two verses really spoke to me. Isaiah 43, 20, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. And 2 Samuel 22, 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. And so he is. He has been good to our little town. Let's bow our heads and give him thanks. Meanwhile, back at the jail. <laughs> I can't believe that full deputy left a nail file laying around. I'll be out of here before morning. Tune in next time for another exciting episode of Christian Carguy Theater's Jailhouse Justice. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, you know that cable twisting story had me tied up in knots. Oh, 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 brother, not again. <laughs> you think that's funny? Afraid not, Danny. <laughs> oh, boy. See? Oh. Well, well truly, though, Danny, th- that twisting concept is, is found in the original meaning of the word in Genesis 1-9, where God gathered the waters. And the, the Hebrew word is kava. And later, that word is used in Psalm 27, 14, where, where we are told to wait on the Lord. Or, or kava, twist into him. Be gathered with him. I like that. And the, the same word used again in Isaiah 40, 31. But they that kava, or, or wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Just like Jimmy Zeep, Warren Winch twisted into the Lord and the jeep rose up on eagles' wings. <laughs> Randy, I get it. Warren was just winging it. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay, now it's my turn. I shuffle off to Buffalo where they really wing it. <laughs> mm, I love ranch dressing. Say goodbye, Danny. Uh, See you later, Radiator. Thank you for listening to this episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. For more information on Christian Car Guy Theater, the amazing gifted actors and actresses, writers, it's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com, right on the Christian Car Guy Theater page, as well as all 34 episodes at the podcast page, where they're all free. You can download every episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. As well as check out the Jesus Labor of Love, car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. Your opportunity to help our ministry by praying with us, or if God puts it on your heart, to donate to a family or a single mom or widow having car trouble. As you head into this amazing Easter weekend, we at the Christian Car Guy Show just pray that this would be a special time as you reflect on what Christ did in your life and that you may have a year of sharing that with people that would bring the freedom that you've enjoyed, the love that you've enjoyed, the grace, and the truth. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guys show. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And oh, by the way, tomorrow morning, (laughs) he is risen. He is risen indeed.